so excited to go about securing a well-made match. Sebastian had been overly indulgent, declining all offers for her last season. It was a decision she had no doubt he now regretted. Then the rumours of her illegitimacy had surfaced, and overnight she had become a pariah, the beautiful bastard. The Oatmond had deemed her imperfect, and had moved with swift and brutal efficiency to cut off the one who offended their sensibilities— Friends had turned cold, and her laughter and joy had withered. Even though the rumours also hinted at her brother Antony's illegitimacy, it seemed that being a female bastard was more unforgivable. Yet her mother was still determined she be displayed on the marriage mart. Constance did not delude herself by thinking she was being seriously considered by any suitors. What lord would want to marry a lady with such inferior circumstances? Not even the misters seemed interested in winning her favour. She had believed after rusticating in Dorset for almost five months, away from the prying eyes of society, the gossip would have moved on to greater scandals. But she had been in London now for almost three weeks, and not one of her many former friends had presented themselves at the townhouse in Grosvenor Square. Even her dearest friend from last season, Lady Annabel, had been notably absent. Constance had written to Lady Annabel while in the country, but after her reply demanding to know the truth of the rumours, no further correspondence had followed. Shame burned in Constance's veins, because, despite her elder brother's efforts, even a duke's influence could not coerce people to actually speak with her. The only people at tonight's ball who had conversed with her, apart from her sister-in-law, Lady Philippa, were the host and hostess, and their reluctance had been clearly evident. A deep ache burgeoned inside her. Her life had become so tedious. For enjoyment, she had been reduced to watching others enjoy themselves. What was Lady Lawrence thinking, inviting her? Her brother is the Duke of Caledon. Lady Lawrence may have had little choice, another voice muttered. Constance wanted to turn around to identify the speakers, but she focused instead on the dancing couples. "'Don't you mean half-brother?' Her breath hitched. The mocking laughter and twittering grated on her nerves. She wanted to lash out and hurt them as they had hurt her. But she knew a lady did not behave in such a manner. And while her mother had failed to inform her of her true parentage, the Viscountess had raised a lady. With deliberate movements, Constance walked away, heading toward the refreshment table. She did not have much of an appetite, but she needed something to do. She selected a plate and put a few bite-sized morsels on it. She stiffened as she heard another cackle of whispers from a group lounging idly by. Her shoulders relaxed when she realised for once they were not discussing her. He is so devilishly handsome, an unknown voice gushed. Shh! Lady Felicity giggled. Not so loud. Then she imparted her own juicy titbit. They say he killed a man in the Orient. The gossiping ladies gasped in unison, then went silent as if they could hardly breathe. I do not believe it, the unknown voice proclaimed, as if declaring it to be so would make it a fact. My brother says he is very wealthy and a good catch. They gasped again, scandalised. Oh, Mary Anne, only you would dare admit such a thing. They call him the Lord of Sin for good reason. Someone giggled. The moniker suits him. He is sinfully tempting. Constance gritted her teeth, for while they whispered about them both, the Oatmond hated her, yet reluctantly loved him.
she who had done nothing to deserve their disdain, while Mondvale actively flouted the dictates of polite society. It was so unfair. Lady Felicity continued caustically, "'Mother says he is a degenerate, and if any young lady were to dance with him, she would certainly be ruined. He is nothing but a common gambler. He is not fit for the title, but look at him. One would think he had inherited the title of birth rather than by accident.' Constance's disgust threatened to choke her. An accident. Monvale had been the next in line to inherit, whether he had been several times removed or not. It was the rule of primogeniture, but apparently that did not matter. She knew what they saw, the self-assurance and the arrogance that was normally only inbred from birth, and they resented him for it. He cut quite a commanding figure. Generations of aristocratic breeding evident in every inch of his bearing, despite not being an entitled eldest son. She realised it was...